Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 3rd, 2023. Today we're reading from the big book and how it works. We're on page, one, uh, page, page 65, the first paragraph. We're reading on our grudge list, and we're reading straight through that example of step four down to the end where it says, uh, my wife, and ending with pride, personal, sex relations, security. Okay. Today's readers are, for the steps, we have Joni C. For the traditions, we have KS. Reading the text is Nancy R., page 164 is 10 P. Our backup readers, Anne-Marie M., newcomer readers, Barb W., and Leslie W. is our, uh, Leslie M. is our second hour host. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting was 20,014. So that's 20014. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,015. 20015. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured from Minnesota. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, 
as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the carry to the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice this these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Joni. Next up is KS with the traditions. Good morning. This is KS, compulsive of reader in North Carolina. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Kay. Our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to, ser- to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book and uh, we're in How It Works, page 65, that first paragraph. We're going through that step four, starting with on our grudge list and ending with my wife, uh, pride, personal, sex relations, security, and fear in parentheses. And I've asked Nancy R. to start us off today. 
Good morning, Nancy R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northwest Illinois. On our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? We, usually, we were usually as definite as this example. I'm resentful at Mr. Brown because of his attention to my wife. It affects my self-esteem, excuse me, it affects my sex relations, my self-esteem, fear. He told my wife of my mistress. It affects my sex relations, my self-esteem, and fear. Brown may get my job at the office. It affects my security, self-esteem, and fear. I'm resentful at Mrs. Jones because she's a nut. She's not me. She's committed her husband for drinking. He's my friend. She's a gossip. Affects my personal relationship, self-esteem, fear. I'm resentful at my employer. The cause is he's unreasonable, unjust, overbearing, threatens to fire me for drinking and padding my expense account. Affects my self-esteem, fear, security. I'm resentful at my wife. The cause misunderstands and renags, like Brown, wants house put in her name. Affects my pride, personal, sex relations, security, fear. Step four. Um, before I worked with a recovered sponsor and worked the steps in this book, as outlined in this book, I didn't get how to work these columns. I and I've read them over and over again for years and um like I got it but I didn't know how to do it and uh I felt scared and um I didn't know where it led me I didn't know where it got me to and um I had um I had quite a grudge list and just like this list here the person I was uh, person or institution or thing I was resentful at, um, the causes were all about what they did and how, um, you know, things like she's a nut. Um, and, um, you know, like, told my wife of my mistress, you know, like, um, all the things that so my judgments, she's not my secret, told my wife of my mistress. Um, the things that I'm doing that are um, causing harm that I'm resentful at someone else for pointing out or I'm resentful at someone else because of my judgments and my fear. Um, and I love this one about my employer threatens to fire me for my drinking and padding my expense account. How dare he? <laughs> I'm drinking on the job and I'm padding my expense account. So things that I am doing, I am saying that he's unreasonable, unjust, and overbearing for. And I feel resentful because it affects my self-esteem, my security, and I have fear. And um, 
the freedom is um, in, uh, you know, as we move on from here, you know, considering this list carefully um, and then getting to what, uh, what my part in each of these things were. Um, you know, having a mistress, judging other people, um, thinking that I am special and that I should be able to drink and pad my expense account. Um, judging others that they misunderstand me when I am um, really being very clear as to who I am. I'm just not liking that they're seeing me. Um, so I put off doing my first four step Sorry. for years, and I'm so grateful that uh, I was able to do it so clearly as is outlined in this book. Thanks. All right, Nancy, thank you very much for starting us off. So we're going to open up the line for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you uh, shared on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back with others to share. Please, one at a time, and I'll let you know if I don't hear you. Who would like to share on this? Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Terry K. Linda D. Okay. So Terry, I think it was Terry K. Linda. Janice P.M. Janice. Courtney C. Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. I got you, Pamela. Anne Marie M. Anne Marie. We can take a few more. Joe A. in Ohio. All right. This is our list. So we got Pamela, Terry, Linda D., Janice P.M., Courtney C., Emory M., Joe A. All right. You're up, Pamela. Star one, Pamela. Yes, hi. This is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. God bless all of you. Um, so I got from the, um, so when I was a child, I was in a child sex ring for two years. And um, so that started off make me a negativity during sex. And also, uh, my mother wanted me to be a boy. She always wanted another son. So I had one son. And I always felt something was wrong with me. Uh, my eating disorder started later in life uh, when I was in college. But I remember my mother was exhibiting bulimic, um, gurgitating the food. But I didn't know what she was doing. I thought it was weird. 
when I got in college, everybody so into what they look like. That was the normal thing was to have anorexia behavior. So I know what was going on until later on when my first one, my first boyfriend, he introduced me to O.A.R. in the early 90s. Um, so when I got in the sex industry, start everything about the way you look. So a lot of bulimic behavior, uh, of uh, not only like binging, purging. So, um, but right now, I everything you know, I in a normal relationship. I was an amazing person. And but because of what my mother did when I was a child, and because of child sex, I do have sexual weirdness, especially I'm not over intimacy, or I could be very overly affected with men. I'm very guarded around women. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable around women in general. With men, I'm overly comfortable. So it's just. It do a lot. It's a weirdness for me sometimes. But what keep me going is I know God loves me no matter what, and I am trying. And it amazing women in my life that you know been dear for me. But because the ruin what my mother did, I'm just very guarded. And I thank God for my partner for being patient and being understanding, and God used him to get me out of the industry, uh, I think, February 2016. So, but it it hadn't been easy having this disease because skinny is everything to me. Being thin is like the world. I'm not between 128 and 135. I'm ugly. I go tech. And right now, I think I'm five, six and a half, five, seven. I think I'm between one. 38 and 141, and to me, that obese. And it, if the number don't go down, I did go crazy. Sorry. I don't have, okay, so these are the things I'm going through, and this is what I was thinking about when I read that paragraph. God bless you all, I pass. Thank Hi, you, I'm Terry. Next, uh, all right, all right. Next up is Terry Kay. Hi, I'm Terry Kay from Long Island, um, a compulsive eat- overeater working towards recovery. Um, I am in the process of my fourth step, and I have to say doing it the way my sponsor is having me do it is a million times better than the way I tried to do it in the past. In the past, I tried to, every little thing I ever did that was wrong, whether it was in my head or not, I tried to remember it. Um, this way is much more beneficial. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting there, I'm getting towards the end and, you know, that does scare me a little bit getting towards the end of the fourth step, but I, I'm going to keep moving forward and I will get there. Um, so thank you for letting me share. Pass. Thank you, Terry. Next up is Linda D. followed by Janice P.M. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D., and I'm so relieved and grateful in Connecticut, grateful to be recovered, to be in the presence of God. That's what you are to me. You're part of the voice of God, or you're one of the set of voices of God. I'm amazed at the depth of honesty on this line. Uh, 
clearly a grudge list doesn't even begin to cover some of the experiences people have had, the atrocities, there's no other word for it than other people have had, and yet they uh, cling to the program and they're getting well. And I can hear that my sisters and brothers are getting well, and that's what I root for. I root for you, just like a team. I, I've been in OA 40 years, 4-0, and um, it's probably the best thing. No, it's not probably. It's definitely the best thing I ever did was my first fourth step. As far as I remember, since it's so long ago, it's the only one I, I did. I needed to do because I kept going. I kept going to the best of my ability, just like everybody else, and I went through the steps. And OA in this part of Connecticut fell apart. Visions didn't exist, but we hung in there. We did service. We did all the things that people are encouraged to do, um, all of the tools, especially clinging to a higher power. Um, there's something in the universe that knows a hell of a lot more than I do. And... Um, what a ma magnificent uh, experience it is to do a fourth step. It's scary as hell. Sorry, <laughs> if you're not scared, you miss the point, uh, as far as I can see. I don't mean that judgmentally. What I'm saying is I was really clobbered by life. So I get, got the fact that my life was in danger. It's really important to know my life is in danger, and it is today, too because I have a deadly disease. What a wonderful, wonderful way to get well, to be in the presence of God, to know that God is real, that there is an intelligence that's loving, that wants each and every one of us to get well. Please do these steps. They really, really work, or I wouldn't even be alive. My God, I just turned 79 uh, years old. I was going to say degrees. It should only be that hot. Okay, I'm frozen solid, but I'm so grateful. Please get in the boat and do the steps. You'll love it eventually. Bye-bye. I pass. Thanks, Linda. Next up is Janice PM, followed by Courtney C. Oh, who did you call? I'm hey. sorry. I called Janice PM. Oh, dear. Here I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Janice PM, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Massachusetts. Okay. I'm going to attack this a different angle. Just, you know, being a former teacher, um, <clears throat> this is the way that I sponsor um, and, you know, I'm so grateful that God gave me the gift of transformation so I can help somebody. Because when I first saw this, I said, oh, gee, I'm resentful. Ad. I didn't even know. But, you know, if you go to the previous page, that third paragraph tells us exactly what goes in column one. You know, you're going to list the people, the institutions, and the principles with whom that's a person who, who or what, we were angry. I mean, that's simple, right? And you make a list. A list is you go straight down. 
You don't go across because you don't cover that up for now. And I do it by piecemeal because that's what I do. Right or wrong, that's how I do it. And and the way I've been doing it, it's been successful that for them to understand. Not that I get them recovered because the way I do this. No, that's got nothing to do with that. But this is the way the book has taught us. Just it's very simple when you really have the right directions from a sponsor, a recovered sponsor that's been through this. If you haven't been through this, you can't help somebody else. So it's, and this is the way that works for me. I'm resentful at, okay, who? Who are you resentful at, Janice? Is it your father? Is it your mother? You put those lists down. If you could have 10, you could have 20. It doesn't matter because after a while, I, I will be able to see the pattern. And anyway, that's the first, step. it's so simple. How long is that going to take? Make a list. The second column, after you finish the first column, is the cause. What does that mean? Well, to me, it means, why am I angry at them? So I suggest that they put A, B, C, D, whatever, how many um, ideas they're mad at Mr. Brown. And, um, and this is what I explain. Only 19 words or less. Don't tell me the whole story because that's what we'll do in step five. Just write, because that's for you to remember, so then we'll, when we talk, okay? So the cause, why am I angry? What did, what did they do to me? That's the facts, just the facts, ma'am. You remember Columbo? Just the facts, dear. So that's all. Now, after you do that with each one, then you're finished with second column. It's, now, you see, it's, it, I'm like a little kid. They have to explain to me, like, you know, first grade, second grade, because I see this sure. and I go, oh, it's a time. Okay. Well, and, then, and I'll just say the effects, because that's all about me, my instincts. What caused it? How did it affect me sexually, socially? emotionally because I have emotional deformities in my relationships and with that I'll pass. Thanks for your patience. Thanks Janice. Appreciate it. So before Courtney C. jumps up on here we're going to let you know where we're at. We're in How It Works, page 65 reading that first paragraph through the inventory process. So it's from on our grudge list uh, we set out and then down to my wife and ending with pride, personal, sex relations, and security, and fear and parentheses. But uh, let's try to keep these shares to what we're reading, if we can do that um, on the text. All right, thanks a lot. Next up is Courtney C. Cool, thanks, Jess. I'm Courtney. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. <clears throat> Um, I wanted to share my experience with writing out my fourth step and the resentment list. Um, you know, I've done it uh, many times, many different ways over the years, you know. Um, and the one that I really want to share about is the one where I um, I feel like I did more harm than good in, with my resentment inventory. And what happened was I had a sponsor who um, – 
instructed me to write down the list of everyone I'd ever known in my entire life. <laughs> okay, so I did that, and it was, you know, like 200 people or something like that. And she said, you know, compulsive overeaters, addicts, alcoholics, we can we find reasons to be resentful of, you know, literally everyone. She's like, so I want you to, you know, open your mind to see how you might have resented everyone you've ever known. And I am an overachiever and a perfectionist, right? This is one of my huge character defects. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on it, okay? And this launched me out on a two-year, fourth and fifth step process. It took a year to write it and a year to give it away in little chunks over a year. And um, you know what happened was right at the end when I was about to finish my fifth step, I relapsed. So um, what I learned in that process was that um, I, this is not an intellectual process. This is not a, um, you know, Cece's going to understand herself so much better after this and then she's never going to eat again. It is not that. And I think I fell into the trap of thinking if I just did it perfectly and if I just got every single tiny little twist of character down on paper, that somehow I was going to access the power that was going to keep me abstinent. And what I learned in the process was that it's not about me. I can't take away this disease no matter how much I know about myself and my, you know, twisted mind, the, the you know, resentments that I have and that I've held over the years. Um, it's about less of me, you know, finding a way for there to be less of me and more of a higher power, more of God in my life. Um, someone shared on this meeting a few days ago this analogy, and I just want to share it again. When someone points to the moon and says, hey, there's the moon, we look and we say, oh, my gosh, look at that finger pointing to the moon. And it's like, no, 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 it's the moon. So I feel like this, you know, this format of the resentment list and everything, this is the finger pointing to the moon, but our destination is the moon. This is just a indication of a direction that we should be going. The word that popped out to me is usually here on 65. Usually is a key word for me. Um, there is no perfect way to do this. Um, it's all about just getting closer to my higher power and um, finding a way to be uh, connected awesome. with that. So thank you. I'll, I'll pass with that. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Courtney. Next up is Anne-Marie M., followed by Joe A. Good good morning, uh, Russ and everyone. It's Anne Marie M in South Carolina. Gratefully recovered through God's grace and for me working the steps. And um, I think I'm just going to repeat just about what everyone else said: how simple this this first process is, and uh, how many t other times I've complicated it. That first paragraph gives us the, the directions um, exactly on what to do on that in that third column. The first column is, is just very simple, and and it was. Um, like me, I have done it all different ways, incorrectly, incorrectly. And you know, I think that every single way that I've done it has helped me in some way or other, um, even if it was just to recognize what not to do. Um, and the third column is it's just to simply recognize where I was hurt. And I, uh, it's really important not for me to go into depth about how I was, you know, um, where my self-esteem was and and continue on a huge paragraph about about that and get into depth about it because this needs to be quick. This process needs to be really, really quick. 
And the, the, the next part is prayer, and I think that's just so important. I think that's the most important part of this fourth step is to ask God to help us. But we're not, we're not there yet. This is just this this part of the fourth step for me. Um, at the last time I did it was the easiest part, um, and I did it quickly, like it, uh, like uh, people have just said quickly, write down the names what they did, and I was instructed not to write a whole story about what they did because this is about me. So just simply what I thought the cause was and then just how it affected me. I don't have to get into um, a psychological profile about how the, these people affected me because I think when people do that and they spend too much time, it's been my experience that I've seen, um, that people go back into compulsively eating just like the last person I mean if you stay too long in this stuff and I speak for myself I know that if I stayed too long in this stuff and about how they hurt me and all what happened to me I'm going to feel miserable and I want comfort and I would pick up the food so real important to do this quickly thank you I'll pass thanks Anne-Marie next up is Joe A and then we're going to take another list okay Thanks, Russ. This is Joe A. in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, thank you, Russ. Always nice to hear uh, you on Friday mornings. And I really want to thank Nancy R. Um, the way she read the paragraph uh, really resonated with me. I've heard it many times. I've looked at it for many years. But for some reason this morning, it really, really um, was very clear and, and um, so simple. The first time that I did uh, uh, my my fourth step more than 40 years ago, I actually was not afraid of doing it. I wasn't fearful. I was anxious. I wanted to find out why do I eat. So it was a food log. It went back to my childhood history of what emotions triggered me and what I can look out for in the future, and that was okay. But a few years ago, um, there was a girl spoke at my meeting, and she said that she takes people through the uh, 12 steps in two weeks or less, and I challenged her. I didn't. I thought the fourth step was an ongoing uh, process, and um, defied her to be able to do that to me. So, you know, I humbly asked her for some help, and she sent me those damn worksheets. And I was not happy, but I had agreed to follow directions, so I did them. And in nine days, I had all twelve steps completed. And um, so yeah, the you know the way it's outlined in the big book is uh, clear and quick and wonderful. Um, you know, really identifies those uh, defects in me. But um, there, uh, uh, for me, there was no right way because even though I did it incorrectly years ago, perseverance um, uh, of of working and and praying and um, believing in a higher power. Um, got me to the 12th step, which is the spiritual awakening, which is the result. So thank you so much for, for this great meeting. I pass. Thanks, Joe. So we're going to open up the line for Sharon again. We are sharing on page 65 and how it works, that first paragraph and this inventory process. So it's starting with on our grudge list we set out, and we're going to read through uh, – this entire example of step four, my wife, and then all the way down to pride, personal, sex relations, security, and fear in parentheses. So if you shared in the past couple of days, please step back 
and allow others to share. And I'll let you know if I hear you or not. So one at a time, please. Barbara P. BT. Barbara. Lisa. Who else would like to share? Carl R. Cal. So we could take, I think, maybe three more, two or three more. Two more. Two more, because <laughs> people aren't popping on here as quick. Who else? Rosa R. All right, was that Rosa? Yep. Julie M. All right, Julian. That's, we're going to leave it at that. If we got time, then we could add more. Barbara P., Lisa B.T., Carol R., Rosa R., and Julian. Barbara, you're up. Good morning. Barbara P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in the Atlanta area. And um, what strikes me this morning, there have been so many good shares, so ditto, ditto to keeping it short, keeping it quick. Um, but that third column affects my, I'm really struck by, because I just, always, and I hear it so often from others, and I always was struck by my own triggers, but I have these triggers, so I have these buttons that were installed, and somebody hit my, you know, hit that button. And so in the the paragraph before, just yesterday, we were talking about we were hurt or threatened, right? And when one of these instincts to me is threatened, and I think threatened is a, a really heavy-duty word, because when somebody, my boss looks at me wrong, that is threatening to me. It's not even just scary. It's like it can be terrorizing. Now, she doesn't mean to be doing that. She, I will tell you in the example of my boss, more often than not, no, let me say always, she is not thinking about me. She's just got a look on her face. But for me, it strikes fear. And it threatens my security. It threatens my self-esteem. It threatens personal relations, my ambitions. And I run. I, I, you know, there's a theory of either fear, uh, flight, fight or flight. And, you know, we pick one, but we always have this instinct, fight or flight. And that's how I found I went through my life, just either in fight mode or flight mode. And either one just took a lot of energy and never got me sort of the connection that I wanted with the world, with people, with myself, certainly with a higher power. When I live in fight or flight, uh, there's just the tension in that is ridiculous. So I really like that third column and thinking about these, I mean, we're serious. These things threaten us and I react. And what I'm trying to do is understand more about that. I, it doesn't matter if it was Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, my employer. Either way, I had some reaction. It hit some button. I would love to know what those buttons are and hopefully maybe find a way to unhook them. What I learned later, spoiler alert, is that I can't, but maybe this higher power can. But the reality is, you know, I want to at least know what those buttons are, you know. So anyway, this really makes me think about these triggers and why wouldn't I want to know and understand more? I spent years in therapy trying to figure that out. And here I can do a little quick process, a little chart, and learn a lot about my triggers and maybe find some way to not have to act on them. 
um, live in some peace, not in fight or flight. So anyway, with that, I pass. Thanks so much for everybody's service this morning. Thanks, Barbara. Next up is Lisa B.T. followed by Carol. Hi. Thanks, Russ. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Um, I, I guess I'll just preface all of this by saying that well before I did the steps or knew there were steps or anything like that, when I first started coming to some meetings and I heard, you know, the gist of it was, you know, you have to look at your resentments and give them up. I was really just so annoyed. I, I, I just thought, well, I'm not giving up my resentments. Like I, I earned them, you know, like that person did do that thing and that person did do that thing. And I really, that's where I started. Even when I heard the word resentment, um, I thought they were mine and, um, and I liked them. Thank you very much. Um, so eventually when I came to, to do the four step, I, I too, like some of people have shared, um, did, uh, it was a long, uh, detailed process. Um, and I don't think, the the reason now I I don't think that that helped me is because um, it allowed me to get too much like like not identifying um, you know as, as it says in this list um, identify sort of clearly what was threatened or what it brought up in me but it allowed me to get into a lot of storytelling and um, at that time I felt the the story was important like. Like, oh, no, here's what happened, but let me tell you the details because you, you need to understand. Um, and, and in a way, it was still about justifying um, me and um, and pointing the finger at others. I, I love that. I think it's I'm not sure who it came from, but that one where if you point the finger at somebody, three are pointing back at you. Um, but there's another piece that I also noticed um, that was a very important part of my journey stuff was um also as a, a perfectionist um i found i could be just find myself covered in shame and guilt um at my part but o- overwhelmingly so like so that um somebody mentioned fight or flight um freeze is also what happened for me so um it's certainly been a process when i first came to vision and i heard really clearly for the first time you need to do this quickly, um, and 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 try, and the rest will unfold. And that is what I've learned, and it's been been very helpful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Next up is Carol R. Followed by Rosa R. Star one, Carol. Hi, good morning, everybody. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay, great. So, um, Carol R. from Pennsylvania, getting back on track with my food. And um, yesterday I had 30 days, um, which is pretty exciting because I uh, was really fighting um, weighing and measuring. So, I've been weighing and measuring and it's been going pretty well. Um, I really get nervous talking on the line. So I, I haven't even been on. I mean, I've been listening, but I haven't shared. But um, I've been around for a while, and I've done a bunch of different four steps. And I would say 
in the beginning um, for the newcomers. For me, I was like scared to death to do the fourth step. And um, because I was afraid of the fifth step where I would have to be, I mean, I wasn't afraid, I guess, of turning my issues over to God, but to another person, it was scared me to death. So I avoided like the fourth step, like the plague for years. And I got to say, it was to my own detriment because the fourth step is like, it's like a clean, it's like a house cleaning, right? Um, First you come, then you come to believe, right? Um, And then you're doing the house cleaning steps, which are, you know, four through nine, right? And then um, it was just, it was just like amazing when I finally did my, my first fourth step. And I didn't do it the big book way because back then we weren't really into the big book too much, um, a little bit, but not too much like this, um, like Visions is, like completely big book. Um, but when I went to give my fifth step, like the experience was so loving and gentle. And my sponsor at the time, she was just so like unconditional love, you know, and I just remember, wow, I remember at that moment, like, I wish it would have started, like, so much earlier on the process, you know, um, and um, when I when I was growing up, I didn't get, like, that unconditional love or people listening to me or really hearing me. It was more like judgment, criticism, negativity, so um, it was a really, really wonderful experience, and the other thing was, I just felt like, you know, I'd been carrying around this knapsack of all these resentments, right? These burdens, just heavenly, heavy, heavy burdens on me for years, you know, like weight on me, like not only physical weight, but emotional weight, like just, and it was like, I took off this knapsack, you know, of like, wow, it was like a aha, whoa this huge weight came off of me, you know, the fourth and fifth step. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Carol. Next up is Rosa R. followed by Julianne. Hi, this is Rosa R. in Colorado. Um, thank you, Russ, for your service this morning. Um, oh, my gosh. I uh, went through this stuff not too long ago, so it's kind of fresh in my mind. Um, I, as others have shared, uh, just echoing this morning, wanted to overcomplicate this. I think the first time I went through step four, I had 240 people on my giant Excel spreadsheet and, um, just writing, I I think I wrote like three novels, uh, the amount of writing that I did in that step. And same thing, um, afterwards did not experience any recovery. And I was like, hmm, why is this? Um, and what, uh, you know, going through the steps this time with a recovered sponsor and um, I, she, she really was like, I'm setting a boundary for you. You get 20 people. You get 20 people, your top 20, and you have to focus on these. And, oh, my gosh, it, it just opened up the step for me because uh, it didn't allow me to linger in my mind for long, which my mind is a dangerous neighborhood. And I have to uh, bring people into it as much as possible because 
my mind will find any way to bring me to self-destruction or self-harm. Um, it is just the mind of an addict to do that. Um, I think one of the most um, humorous things I, I started to notice, um, although this step is also, you know, picks up a lot of uh, other emotions as well, was turning my resentments around a bit. Um, I had a resentment against my employer and, um, you know, their HR didn't give me the job that I wanted. And on my resentment form, I put, I'm resentful at my, or um, at, you know, um, my employer because their HR uh, was crappy. <laughs> like their human resources was crappy. And if I turn it around, um, my human resources are crappy. And that is so true. My human resources are crappy. Um, and they have been, and they got me in the room. Um, and I have to rely on a power greater than myself. So um, <clears throat> just grateful, um, grateful for this meeting, uh, grateful to hear all the shares. This is, um, this is a step that when you look at it in the big book, it doesn't look very complicated. Um, but our tricky minds um, will often lead us around uh, the destination instead of getting us there. So, um, yeah, I'm glad this is a WEE program because I couldn't do this without guidance and without, um, without some, some good information. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Rosa. Next up is Julianne. Couldn't read my word. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Julie M., compulsive eater and recovering one day at a time in OA. Uh, when I first did this first, fourth step um, with my sponsor, I had an astute sponsor. I wasn't able to um, focus on the columns. I was very confused about that. And um, she just said, do a biography of all the people in your life and write down what they did to you. And... Um, so she also asked me to pray about it before I started this particular process so that I, I was honest and that I was um, to do the best of my ability. So I wrote and I wrote and I wrote for a long time, and um, we um, she, she helped me to um, figure out the effects, right? Was it sex relations, self-esteem? Etc. And um, that was very helpful for me because if I was, I wasn't able to do this. You know, I wasn't able to do it like with the columns. Um, however, I've done a couple of them thereafter, and I had another wonderful sponsor that brought me through the list, and she gave me examples of her fourth fourth step list, and then I was able to follow what she um, what she wanted me to do on page 65, and um, with that, I was able to figure these columns out, which is pretty basic. You know, this book is a design for living, and this book has taught me so much, and this step was pretty straightforward. And um, at the end, when I completed my fourth step inventory, I prayed and I thanked God to show me, you know, what had happened to me and why I had eaten so much in my life. And... Um, 
with that, I just want to say thank you to everyone on the line. Thank you for reaching out yesterday. This was my third this is my third meeting today and I was overwhelmed with all of you. Thank you so much and um I'll keep coming back. Have a great day everybody. Thanks, Julie. So we have time for one more share. Looks like one three minute share. Who would like to take that time? Darcy L, North Carolina. Hi, this Darcy is Sonia L. S. Oh, I'm sorry. We got, we got, no worries. Darcy L. Go ahead, Darcy. You're up. All right. Thank you very much. Um, the only thing I, it's great to be here today. The only thing I really wanted to share about was the uh, third column. I didn't really understand um, what that meant, you know. I didn't get it until my sponsor this time around helped explain to me that, you know, the um, what's affected is all part of the social instinct, the security instinct, or the sex instinct, which are God-given basic instincts of life, which create the self. And I find I have to do a heck of a lot more 10 steps when those instincts are out of whack. And um, I know that was short, but that's all I have. Thank you. All right, thank you. Actually, we could we got like two minutes. Who wants to do that? Robin M. All right, Robin, you're up. Great, thank you. Um, Robin from Georgia. Um, the last column where it says affects my, um, I'm just grateful that that they identified the fear like beside every. Um, everything that it affects, like sex relations, self-esteem, um, security, ambitions, personal relationships, because it all leads to fear for me. Um, that's the bottom line. I have it underlined and starred in my book, and I'm really glad that uh, my sponsor um, definitely called it out and, and helped me understand um, that that all of it leads to fear, and thank goodness if we, you know, next couple pages, it talks about how to get rid of the fear. And uh, like somebody else shared, this is a design for living, and um, it's a roadmap for me, and I'm just super grateful that um, I have this in my life today so I don't have to live in fear and destroy relationships and um, live, you know, in a miserable state because that's what happens if, if I'm not following this, this program. And so grateful for everybody that was on the line, and have a happy weekend, and I, I will pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So that was Robin M. Uh, you're going to be our last share. And we thank everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second on recorded hour of study, immediately follow closing. And today's share ID, so today is March 3rd, Friday, March 3rd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,017, so it's 20017. Now, we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, I asked Tenzin P. to read A Vision for You, a book is meant to be suggestive only, keeping you Here I am. Thank you. Thank you very much. Go uh, good morning, everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little, 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God and your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much.